HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. It's a butter egg made from plants. Bring more customers in your doors with Just Egg. Start with a free sample at ju.st hrn. This week on Meet and 3, we dedicate our stories to elders, grandparents, and family members who came before us. Some people called on the phone. What time is your appointment? Mine's 2.45. Our friend, the dentist, he, he was 3.30. And it was like a social event. It's a small island. A lot of them I knew when I was a kid. So it was, you know, to really help them feel like they they weren't alone. It's partly this communal nature of food, and so it can operate as a bridge, um, not just between neighbors and friends, but also between the living and the dead. Listen to Meet in 3 wherever you get your podcasts. As the pandemic approached our shores, which we later learned was much earlier, most Americans went into disaster mode. With behavior foreshadowed in East Asia and Europe, the fear of lockdown also brought a natural worry of hunger and food access. Where will we get our food? Will it remain available? Will the shelves be empty? Will we even be allowed to go to the store? Like many of you, I started frantically cooking and stocking in the freezer. Little did we know at the time that the contents of a freezer would in no way carry us through the weeks, months, and year that followed. As a chef, I've always enjoyed the process of shopping, picking out my own food, meeting the farmers, the growers, and the butchers that are working so hard. So how does this transition to online? Our guests and friends, Jocelyn Guest and Erica Nakamura, have done just that with their company, Butcher Girls, transitioned to online. Erica and Joseph continue, have, have a combined 20 years of experience with whole animal butchery. And at Butcher Girls, they deliver local, sustainable, and humanely raised, and I must add, very delicious, as we are actual subscribers, meat and fish on a subscription basis. Um, so my first question was going to be a serious question, but not really serious, because as you know, we're subscribers and you've just now called us out before we actually started rolling for having the most bacon per capita in our family. (laughs) We get like the double extra, extra order, but like the bacon is actually super delicious. Like, how are you doing that? Well, let's (laughs) (laughs) unpack that question for me. No, I'm just kidding. You know, 
it's the same recipe we've been making for so long now. Um, and I think we've tweaked it over the years, but the root of it really comes from the first butcher shop that I opened, um, called Lindy and Grundy in Los Angeles. Um, and since then we've kind of simplified it, um, refined some of the ingredients, stuff like that. Um, but it's interesting. We still have to be really careful about like how, how long we cure it for and stuff like that, because depending on who the pig's coming from, like which farmer, um, and the time of the year, we actually have to make some adjustments to make sure it's not too salty and stuff like that. So, um, because like meat absorbs the cure way faster than fat does. Yep. Like we, so when we started this whole experience called butcher girls, we Mm -hmm. popped up in our pals butcher shop and we were basically like, which of your farmers do you, do you think need the most support? And one of them was his pig farmer mm-hmm. um, who raises beautiful hogs, but they're a lot leaner than what we're used to. So we kind of had to, after all the pivoting of 2020, that was <laughs> <laughs> the bacon pivot was real. Pivot. No, but in all seriousness, I mean, your idea, the product, everything is, is really amazing. And you can tell it's very, it's very thoughtful. Um, so walk us through how, walk us through how you, you all started butcher girls. I know you have tons of experience and most of it was in real life butcher shops and all of those things. Well, uh, you know, at, at the beginning of, you know, when shutdown first happened, we were actually working behind a meat counter at the time we were helping out a friend who had had a baby and she'd been on uh maternity leave and of course you know for us as as fairly new moms too we were like of course we're going to jump in and help you know um but we were also the first to go in terms of losing our jobs because there was an issue kind of keeping skilled labor around right like like businesses didn't know what the magnitude of the impact was going to be. And I mean, honestly, what we all thought maybe like, Oh, it's going to be a couple months before we're all back to work. So, Mm -hmm. um, but at the time, you know, people were kind of letting go of some of their more expensive staff. So, um, we were the first to go and, and we were a bit concerned of course, because, you know, we have a child and, you know, we're, we're a team. So we kind of sat on the couch during our two week quarantine period being like, well, What's life going to look like now? Mm -hmm. Um, And literally, yeah. Loved quarantining for (laughs) (laughs) so fucking custom built for a pandemic. Like (laughs) so much TV. I cleaned so much. I kept it with Nina. Like it was amazing. (laughs) I went to more birthday parties in those two weeks than I've been to in years because everybody was like, "Zoom vacation." It's just something you haven't done. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing. That's hilarious. Great. I loved it. I would do it again. <laughs> you would do, you'd quarantine again. Good to know. I mean, it's basically, to me, it was like having a newborn. It's like, that was like the same thing. I, I, I had a hard time with quarantine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like, oh. Um, so you're on the couch and you're out of work and Jocelyn's watching TV. How did you guys come up with? We, um, we kept thinking about, cause you know, I don't know if you know, we actually swore to ourselves we would never have another retail butcher shop when we left white gold. So, um, mostly because we, we, there were so many things that weren't working in that particular context. And we were like, couldn't imagine doing it any, any better and it working. And we were just like, you know, not that we threw in the towel, but we were kind of like, you know, it's, it's good to, to put that to bed. Um, which is why we started small goods to begin with. And, you know, the pandemic actually served 
the consumer packaged goods realm very well, I think, but we just weren't set up for it. Like we mm-hmm. didn't have the capital. We, um, we're literally in the process of going in for another fundraise and, um, like, yeah. And, and literally in the first two weeks of the pandemic, we, we were hoping to raise all this money is of course not going to happen. So, right. um, that it, it was a lot. It was pr- fairly daunting, but we kept thinking like, you know, um, one of the things that we had done from behind the meat counter as the, um, as the pandemic kind of ensued and, you know, folks were starting to walk in wearing, wearing gloves and masks. And we were like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> I also gave like very, very shitty customer service to people who are wearing <laughs> medical grade masks. <laughs> are you a doctor? What? Yeah. I'm sorry. You're an asshole. Like, <laughs> like sausage or whatever. <laughs> but um, one of the things Maybe we that's the reason we got canned. <laughs> <laughs> we were I think not- you're born to be online. I like it. <laughs> people were like, like grabbing things off the shelf at a speed that I had not seen before. And we were like, (laughs) holy crap. You know what I mean? The pandemic, the pandemic hoarding was real. And Alex's opener is not a lie. We literally had like, he had like our, all of our freezers. We had like my old freezer for my breast milk storage was like Mm -hmm. filled to the top with like soup and all sorts of shit for literally, it would have gotten us through about six weeks. We were thinking we'd be home for six weeks. Anyway, either way, it didn't cut it. That would have been the responsible thing to do. Like if everyone had been on board, well, whatever, doesn't matter. Different podcasts, but <laughs> different, different podcasts. So yeah. now, so, so you guys are out of work. We're, right. you know, a few weeks in and obviously finished Tiger King. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but the thing is we, we had noticed that so many people were like, just like grabbing things off the shelf so quickly that we actually had started even before we left or before we got canned, we had started to text friends to be like, are you okay? Do you need food? What do you need? Because the grocery store, you go to the grocery store. If you can help not going, you're not going to go. So yeah. we started to shop, like bulk shop for friends and then deliver it to, you know, um, to them, to their doors, like on the way home, right? So shift is over. We just like maybe bought like five to $800 worth of groceries. And then we were driving from friend's house to friend's house, dropping off food. Um and then, and that kind of like made sense because it was just like this stress reaction that Jocelyn and I were having. So that compounded with then, you know, like sitting on the couch and then being like, shit, are our farmers okay? Right. Because like, now the restaurants are closed. Now it's like, we're just like, tr- like trying to think of where all the food's going. And then like, you know, if, if we were losing our jobs, like off a whole animal meat counter, we were wondering like, okay, like what is actually happening to like distributors to everybody right so you know as we were getting in touch with our farmers we realized of course like they needed an outlet um and we just started connecting the dots like we we called our friend Vinny, who owns um greenpoint fish and he literally was like dude i lost all my customers like overnight like you know so it it made sense to kind of like reach out to people and pull them closer as, as close as we could, like without being there in person. Right. But like, in a sense that our iteration of that was resurrecting, like, you know, some, some semblance of a butcher shop. So, um, of course we like, didn't do it without, like, we weren't like, okay, lights on, ready to go. Like we kind of, we had to figure out where we were going to do it. We had to figure out also the things that haven't worked in the past. Cause we were like, 
you know, what if we do this thing and we're either left holding the bag and no one wants any of it, Mm -hmm. or, you know, like we, we want to be mindful and sustainable and make sure that like the entire inventory gets, um, gets used. So how do you do that? So we started talking about that's what, that's when like the whole subscription and membership model conversation started to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, between that and like, we were, we were like, okay, like what if, right. Like customers could actually thumbs up and thumbs down on an order that they've received, you know, and, and kind of like change the way people shop for food. So it's been like a big, big process, but. Well, I think, so I think that's a little, that's kind of where we are now. Right. But I think when Mm -hmm. we started, we were like, shit. So like, a lot of people do what we do, obviously, and a lot of people do it very well, but we were trying to think of like what kind of sets us apart. And I think it's our lack of boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, like, just like we really and truly give a shit about what people want to eat and making them happy. So like we came up with this kind of, profile like the questionnaire that you all filled out when you signed up like we obviously know you guys but for a lot of people like we don't know them from adam so it's like you know how many people you cook for like what's your comfort level with touching raw meat like how Mm -hmm. long do you actually want to spend cooking um so it's kind of like you know what is what did we call it it's kind of like the myers-briggs of Mm -hmm. me yeah it's like Like, you like give people a personality and you're like okay like this dude wants lean stuff he only wants to spend 20 minutes his family wants 12 packs of bacon bacon. (laughs) (laughs) what does that say about us on on our profile next to your name on the packing (laughs) (laughs) but for for the listeners um yeah our family is one with all the bacon and all the ground meat i don't know what that says about us but that's the truth um but that but it is interesting so for our listeners if you don't know when you go and you sign up for a subscription you fill out a profile and the profile basically tells i guess what it sounds like is it tells a story um i mean first of all just the whole iteration of how this happened and the fact that you guys were driving food around to your friends is like the most hospitality industry people thing that you like can do so it it all it all makes sense so tell us a little bit tell our listeners a little bit about like the customer journey how are you getting people to sign up and and how like how does it all work now um now that you've sort of fine-tuned well so at first it was literally just like so Erica is the master of the, of the heartfelt Instagram story. So she, she drafted a couple slides and we both just like posted it to our Instagram. Um, and like, that was pretty much how it started. So we only started with like 60 customers, um, which was a heart attack at the time. Cause we were like, okay, we're not going to hire anyone yet. Like we want to kind of like see how this is going. So we were doing, you know, receiving all the carcass, breaking all the carcass down, doing all the case cutting, even though it wasn't for a case. And then we would pack all the boxes and then deliver all the boxes. So it was insane. Um, Mm -hmm. but we wanted to, you know, make sure it was a go and get systems in place before we asked people to come on board in an already trying time. Um, at one point we even like showed up at our friend Nina's house. Um, and she threw a basket out the window and we were like, how much meat 
can go in the basket, <laughs> hoist it up like two spores without like it snapping, you know? Because <laughs> <laughs> like Indy's out the window. I don't, I don't know if you know those guys, but Indy's like out the window, like yelling down, like, okay, I, um, I want to make sure you also get some hot dogs in there. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> um, You're like but you're some part-time pulley engineers. I love it. Right. Yeah. It was, it was, it was so hilarious. Um, and it gave us something like really incredible to look forward to also because we could put our focus and our attention towards something that was going to make a difference um, in our lives, of course, but also in, in the lives of like a few others. Like right? we were some of the few people that people were actually seeing, you know, right, right. people would be like waving out their window, like super pumped. Or we like, even in October, we were like throwing in like, you know, fun size Halloween candy at everyone's orders. And one lady emailed me, like, oh my God, I saw the Kit Kat and I cried and then I ate it. And then I cried <laughs> and it's just like really nice to be like, it's something that for us, it's just like, you know, like in the butcher shop, we would have had like a bowl of Halloween candy on top of the case, but like, we're not in a butcher shop technically, but like, we still wanted people to feel like a part of that community. And in many ways, this is a way more, intimate way to interact with our customers. Like they'll be like texting us at 10 o'clock at night being like, crap, I need such and such tomorrow. Or like, how do I cook this or whatever it is. And you're Mm -hmm. like in constant contact with these people. Um, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's definitely true. I mean, it got to the point where I think, yeah, the, the whole like texting at midnight from bed, it got to the point where Jocelyn was like, dude, you really need, like no one gives 24 hour customer service. <laughs> yes, that's, that's true. Small business, that's small That's that like, is- I mean, we did that for, for years, I feel like starting up and that's, you know, it, it's, it's also how you connect and learn your customer. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think those things are super important. Yeah, we had we had a till it was in our living room. And I remember like right before we were moving to our first office, we had like five five guys stop by at 10 p.m. And like to try on chef coats because they were here for like Caribbean chefs week. And oh they were there God. for like two hours. But we're, they're still customers. It's like so funny because they were like literally in my living room trying on stuff. Anyways, that's long story, <laughs> old story, not not pertinent to today's conversation. Um, so, I mean, it's it's an interesting thing because you really are giving that personal butcher shop experience, but we're doing it virtually now. And you're still tell us a little bit about how the supply chain side works. So you're getting and like whole animals and breaking it down was that piece hard to figure out and to scale with this like different new kind of model and do you have your own like do you have a new commissary kitchen how do you where do you work i know that you were having some some technical difficulties with the walk-in right before we we got (laughs) online so tell us a little bit about where you're working and such too well okay so um the current butcher shop that we work out of is in Dobbs Ferry. So it's just North of the city. Um, and it actually makes it, it's, we're fairly centrally located for what it's worth. So we can like dip into the city or into Brooklyn or, you know, um, do our deliveries in Westchester and stuff. So, um, you know, and even out to New Jersey, it's not, it's not too hard because the tap is right there. So, um, all those things are great. Um, we would have never been able to pull any of this off had we not had the space to do it. Right. Um, and honestly, like we didn't raise any money at the beginning. We threw down some of the savings that we had. Um, we had some old customers who felt, um, strongly about what we were doing and wanted to help and kind of like threw money at us, which was kind of amazing, like no, no investment, no nothing. They were just like, just take this money and go. 
You know what I mean? Like, wow. like really, really incredibly touching stuff. Um, some, some money from our parents, like that's literally kind of what it was. Um, but it wasn't enough to like buy equipment or like pay realistic amounts of rent. Um, and because, so like Campbell meets, that's a funny measurement of rent. Like realistic. Yeah. What is realistic? I mean, it's true. Yeah. That's, I think that I, hopefully that's one thing that gets reset from this pandemic yeah. is, is rent for hospitality businesses and for the people who are, you know, for food businesses, for people who are feeding us in our communities. Cause yeah. yeah. Anyways. But, I mean, we literally, um, we literally came into Campbell meats, which is what the space that we work out of now in Dobbs Ferry to buy a pork leg to make ham for Easter. And we were like, you know, Matt Campbell who owned uh, Campbell Meats, he shut it down last year, but we were like, Hey dude, like we've got this concept. We want to, you know, if you know of anywhere that like has a space and he's like, Oh, I'm shutting down. Why don't you just sublet for me? So it was like a fully furnished setup. Wow. How So like literally this was like the easiest thing to get off the ground that has ever happened. Like, you know how like sometimes when you start a project, it's just like uphill the whole friggin' time. And you're like, well, you know, it's, it's worth it. That's hard. And this was like, oh my God, it's so easy. What about the, like the online side? I don't, you know, you're, you're going from being a butcher to now being an basically an e-commerce business as well. So how was that learning curve? There, there was a little for sure. Um, especially because, you know, like, yeah, we're, we're always going to make better butchers than administrators to some extent. Right. But, um, because of small, so, you know, Janie's small goods was, um, had a little e-com kind of, you know, business going. So it wasn't ever like anything super big, but, um, but we, had a guy who was helping us manage that website and it was through like a Shopify platform. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, think, I think so many uh, online business owners now, or like even like restaurant owners, um, farmers are using Shopify as uh, a platform to be able to get their business to grow during the pandemic. So um, I don't think I ever realized how important that was going to be. Like when we were first building out like small goods, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we thought to do it, we literally got in touch with our pal Alex and we were like, bro, we need you to do this. I don't know. Do you think you can do it? And he was, I mean, what the hell was he doing? Like he was also like quarantining at home. He was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. So literally within a week we had a website and we kind of like took all of our, you know, old photos from products that we'd collected over the years and started to throw those up online. And we were like, okay, this looks good. This looks good. Like, you know, and it was kind of a hodgepodge. Well, and it's but- also like people are so forgiving when you fuck up during a pandemic. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see you like the meat's kind of hot and you're seven hours late. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's very true. It is. I mean, I think in some ways it was a good time to have a learning curve because like you said, people, you think it'll, you think yeah. that will end. You think people are going back to being assholes when their meat is hot and seven hours late. <laughs> I think, I think the assholes have become bigger assholes and the nice people have become nicer. <laughs> I, would, I would agree with that. I believe that. Yeah. Change their stripes. But I think also like we're already working on, you know, giving people delivery windows and like, blah, blah, blah. Like that's like something we're hoping to roll out by the fall because it's just realistic. Like when kids go back and I don't know that people ever necessarily be back in offices for real, but you know, we, we, we never want to be a hassle for people. 
what are what are your what are your thoughts about how you grow? What does Butcher Girls look like in the next six months or a year? Is it more products, more offerings? Is it just is it a wider range of delivery um, area? How do you guys grow? So right now we um, we're actually opening up a USDA facility in Queens in the mm-hmm. fall. Yep, Mazel Tov. Yeah, yeah, we're fucking. <laughs> Pumped. Tell us what that means. Does that mean that you can pack food now? Yeah, yeah. So we want to lean, we really want to lean into like wholesale to restaurants to like help them as they're reopening. Um, because I I really think there's gonna be, you know, a lot of people left the city and I know people a lot of people are having trouble finding um, you know, skilled labor for their kitchens. So if we can help them from the protein side, I think that's something that makes me super excited. Um, and then we want to do some, a little customer facing vibe. Yeah. I mean, I think like, you know, throughout the pandemic, like it it didn't feel as imminent as like, you know, now that like a lot of people are getting vaccinated and like the, like, the, the wind is kind of like blowing in another direction. So like we get to take some of the things that are like, you know, it's like, okay, we need to fix this. We need to fix that. Like, you know, they're becoming more of a priority now that like, um, you know, we get to kind of like react and see like how the world is going to change and shift. But um, in the process, you know, we're, yeah, aside from being more of a distributor, I think, you know, we're, we're trying to reimagine what the direct to consumer part of it looks like. Um, and how, you know, like, yeah, aside from delivery windows and stuff like that, like we're definitely like taking a look at like what the user interface on our, uh, web platform looks like. Um, we just actually shot like a bunch of how to videos that, um, that are going to go up on the site, uh, just to help, our customers kind of navigate some of the easier things like, you know, breaking down a whole chicken or, you know, like even pin boning like a a salmon filet because, you know, there's nothing worse than getting like a mouthful of bones, but Mm -hmm. might not think to do that. Right. So um, some of the easier things like that, all the way to like how to make tartare. Um, But the idea is that eventually, you know, the, the web platform becomes more of like a, a socially driven networking site so that, you know, our customers can actually interact with one another. Like, Hey, I'm going to post this, like this recipe, which was like freaking awesome or whatever. But, um, maybe that- it'll actually become a dating site. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any meet love connections? That would be amazing. I wish. <laughs> it's a meat market. It's a meat market. Uh, goals. <laughs> Goal, 2022 goals. Totally. But, um, yeah, the idea is that, you know, it, we want it to be a site where, um, it helps people eat through the entire animal in a more, uh, sustainable way. So that means that some of the cuts that people have never heard of before, like you can access those, uh, recipes right there online. Um, customers can also post their own recipes as they might like. Um, but also like the omakase part of it, which, I don't know that we actually addressed the the omakase box, which we should totally talk about. Yeah. Um, is, you know, that we're, it's kind of like chef's choice, right? Like we're, we're getting to pack the box according to what your, your customer profile uh, is saying about you. So it then allows the customer that extra, extra step along the way, just like, just like Pandora, like being able to like thumbs up, thumbs down on every single item that you're going to get in the box. Um, and that's going to allow our our 
interface to essentially like create an algorithm that is just for you, right? Like it, it like is unique to every single customer um, and user that allows um, someone to pack a box for you that's going to be like basically perfect. So, yeah. So are you guys, so just for our listeners, so when you go and you subscribe, you can pick a, a several different kinds of subscription. And one of them is this omakase where you, basically it's like you pick a different size and then based on your profile, Jocelyn and Erica pick for you what you get. And so are you, are you trying to, and are you trying to integrate like a, um, are, are you guys just manually doing that now? Are you trying to add like a tech aspect of it? Is there, how's that all work? Right, right. So Literally right now, and since the beginning of Butcher Girls, it's been Jocelyn like standing behind a table, scratching her head and doing like short (laughs) math, like packing people's boxes and then looking at like a spreadsheet of like what your answers were, right? Mm -hmm. And you as a customer can continue to update. I would just like to say if anyone listening to this signs up, be really honest and really frank about the shit you want and what you don't want. Yeah. Somebody literally on their profile once was like, I love lamb. So every week I sent him like at least two different lamb cuts. And then one week he was like, I don't understand why you keep sending me lamb. <laughs> you literally said you love lamb. I'm trying to give people what And he's like, you know, and I was like, I don't, I, I can't help you. Like, <laughs> be honest. Don't be shy. <laughs> I think that's advice for life. Be honest. And don't yeah. yes. tell the people what you really want. Okay. So like part of, part of what's cool about the omakase aspect of it is that it allows us to sneak a couple things in there that we really do need you to take. Um, mm-hmm. Because like if, if the world didn't want as much ground meat, like this is why you guys are also awesome for like taking so much of it, um, like willingly and happily. But like, you know, we try to give everybody like a pound of ground beef every single time. And some people be like, oh, it's too much. Like I, I have too much ground beef in the fridge. And it's like, okay, cool. But like, you know, like us being able to grind the meat essentially gives, you know, like allows us to be fully sustainable. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so otherwise like we're going to be stuck with like a bunch of ground beef, like in our freezer or whatever. So it allows us to kind of move through the entire carcass in a very, very different way. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think like that idea of the omakase box, like, you know, creates such a relationship of trust between our customers and and us, you know, and, and Jocelyn specifically, since she's doing all the po- packing of the boxes. Now um, they know who to yell at, though. Yeah. They're going <laughs> to Another lamb steak. <laughs> <laughs> Jocelyn's getting angry text messages about lamb at, at midnight. Um, um, I don't give out my phone number. That's the <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the one. I'm the one. Everyone's got my number. Um, but it's because I text everybody like a crazy person anyway. I'm like too, too impatient to get an email response. So I'm just like, hey, you. We're taking a quick break from our interesting conversation today to talk about our sponsor, who is Diageo Bar Academy, and um, some of the uh, amazing resources that they offer to both um, entrepreneurial startup restaurant tours and restaurant tours that are actively in motion. 
coolest thing about Diageo Bar Academy is that it's free to sign up, totally and completely free. They have a ton of resources for your team to get trained and they have every skill level from brand new beginner bartenders to your very seasoned experienced folks. So as you're going through your reopening season, this free tool can help get your staff trained or just refresh their skills. Yeah, one of the you know the most important things that I garnered from our conversation with Diageo was you know when you're going through the process of opening or running your business, you're aware of all the things that you know you need to do. Um, when you enlist a new resource like Diageo Bar Academy, you realize all of the things that you didn't know that that can you know benefit your business and can benefit your team and your employees and everything down to menu planning and costing. And speaking of menu and planning, y'all know I love to talk money and saving it. And Diageo Bar Academy, my favorite tool is actually that they have a profitability calculator. So you can plug in whatever drink you're using and actually calculate the profitability of that menu item. Super cool. So the website is www.diageobaracademy.com. And Diageo Bar Academy provides engaging learning opportunities through both physical and digital channels with ongoing support at every stage. So make sure you visit D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. We were talking about scaling and we described the Omikaze box and you guys are opening the facility. So when you open the facility in Queens, will you, will you still have Dobbs Ferry? Will you have both? We're, um, we are gonna move away from Dobbs um but primarily because like the the butcher shop we're in right now it does not have a hood it's not mm-hmm. a vented space so it doesn't really lend itself like super well to whole animal um butchery like you we have to be able to roast and you know like roast our bones mm-hmm. and make stock and um you know, smoke our own meats and stuff like make that family so, meal yeah. what are you doing for that now are you outsourcing I mean, smoker or we do it here like right. very just open the window there. Yeah, exactly. Like the first week yeah. we set off the fire alarm because <laughs> I was fucking starving and I made Erica make me a hamburger and literally three fire trucks and like five police on. showed up and we were like, hey. <laughs> it's just a hamburger. Fully <laughs> <laughs> shoving it in my face on the sidewalk. As the- <laughs> and I was like, sorry, bro. You want sausage? <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. So, you know, all that, but, um, so Long Island city, we're really, really excited about it. Um, and as Jocelyn said, there is a small retail component. Um, but yeah, so we're basically, it's going to be kind of like a happy hour pit barbecue. Um, we're going into a space that is retail. I'm sorry. The retail will be in Long Island city as well, or that'll be separate. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's, it's all kind of in the same space. Um, but so it's basically like it's, it's located on a short little street that has, sounds kind of crazy, but it has an ancient glacial rock that protrudes out of one side of the street. So, um, there's no driving traffic on that street. And, um, so our landlords have been working with, the DOT to turn it into a plaza. Mm. And so all the businesses facing that one little street are going to have outdoor like plaza seating year round. Um, and there's also a, a brewery going in there and um, an espresso, like a coffee roaster going in there and a few other kind of like really cool little uh, food concepts going in there. So um, we're going to have great neighbors, which we're really psyched about too. 
Um, cool. Is there a projected ETA for that? Yeah. So uh, well, I mean, the fall generally. Yeah, the fall. fall. We're being told September one, so we're really we're like you know. I'm hoping for Thanksgiving. And is this going to be? Do you have? new investors for this? Is this something you're doing nope. from the money that you've made so far from Butcher Girls? How's that working? Yeah. So I mean, we're just using like profit from what we've made thus far. And then we're basically that? like playing the like grant and, and loan game. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we really wanted this to be like, so very much just us. Um, right. Like, cause you know, it's, it's all well and good to get investors and that's great. And it makes life easier in some ways, but I think we, we wanted it to just be very authentically ourselves, like even down to like a color of a sticker or a font or whatever. Like, I think that one of the things that helped us do well was that we pivoted really early, um, like the middle of April last year. So I think we were just like, okay, like we want to stay nimble and we want to stay like doing things the way we do things. Just the two of us. Congrats y'all. I mean, that's like, what a what, what a way to turn this year around. I mean, I just like, it's amazing that you pivoted a business within a, a few weeks to start a new one to then make enough profits to get a huge space and start a whole new, like, and, you know, grow that business. So just huge, huge congrats and do it all yourselves. I like seriously applaud you. It's amazing. Thank you. I mean, TBD. Early still. (laughs) 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 So you've signed the lease on the new space. We're, we're about in the like last phase of it. Um, so that's really great. And, um, you know, I think like we kind of, we, we got a little, ahead of the game, I think like back in like December or so. Um, so we kind of let the cat out of the bag about Los Angeles, um, as well. So that's like another, another part of the business that we're working on. Um, so we're anticipating, uh, our move out there as well and kind of doing butcher girls in both cities. Um, you know, we, it's, it's so wild, like to see how, how exciting it's really been for us um, this past year and, and how much support we've gotten from, you know, all of our uh, fans and, you know, customers and, um, and farmers. And, you know, it's, it's just been incredible. So, you know, one of the things that we've talked a lot about is that we don't just want to focus in one specific region um, to help support the food supply system, but really kind of take a look at um, America regionally and see, how we can like empower farmers to, um, to feed their people in a very different way. So, um, so LA is something that we've been focusing on a lot as well. Um, while we're working on the New York, uh, headquarters as well. Um, so it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's wild and it's really incredible to see and to be excited about like how it's shaping out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. All right. On that note, I think let's move in to some lightning round. I'm excited to see, you know, watch you guys continue to grow and I'm excited. Long Island city is close for us. So we're pumped. Still be, <laughs> still be getting our business and be walking it. Still be getting our subscription and be walking in in person. Um, okay. So we always like to do a quick lightning round with our guests and meant to be like one to two word answers. If you can, if you want to expand, that's totally cool too. Okay. What has been your, what's your best business resource during this time? Oh God, probably I would say each other. 
I was going to say gut instinct. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is also like the marriage game, right? <laughs> Damn it. Well, when we I mean, each other, each other. At the beginning of the pandemic, we'll be like, okay, like no asshole rules. So like if yeah. anyone's an asshole, like they're done. Like if you're a customer and you like mistreat our driver, you fired. If you're mm-hmm. like whatever and you're a jackass, goodbye. Like yeah. it's just no, no more. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, question number two, what is the, what was your biggest barrier to starting the business? Hmm. Um, I think fear of failure always it's healthy. (laughs) It's healthy, but you guys, you started the conversation by saying you'll never do a butcher shop again because it, you know, because of what you saw, some of the failures in that, but it sounds like you found a better way to do it. So I, you know, I think there's a lot of value in failure. We're also like, we're kind of like dumb enough to do the same thing over and over and over. (laughs) (laughs) Glad for punishment. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, I don't know. For me, I think the biggest barrier was probably one or two words, baby. (laughs) Like childcare. You know, like, yeah, Yeah, and and, and less about parents um, actually like showing up for you because they super showed up and continue to show up for us. But like us being like, oh, God, we're not going to see her for like a few days or a few hours. It's like so, so crazy. (laughs) No, I mean, I think working families have been at a disadvantage during this pandemic for of various different reasons. And I think that's like the fact that you're working moms who started a business and are growing a business during this past year is like, you deserve a medal of honor. I think it's, it's, it's tough. Baba, grandma, yeah, grandma, all the way. Grandma. Yeah. yeah. Grandma Peter's out after 45 minutes. I don't know. No, <laughs> we don't give her a choice. We're like, goodbye. See you, <laughs> yeah. see you tomorrow. <laughs> I love it. Uh, favorite cut of meat. Flat iron. I say embarrassingly because it's like kind of plain. <laughs> Try tip right now. Ooh. Ooh. I see. Yeah. Right now, how often is that changing? Oh, oh my God, every day. No, yeah. come on. It changes like every, probably like once a year. What's been your strangest customer request? Hmm. 18 packs of bacon. <laughs> from, the, from the McCreary family in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Um, I don't know. I think like we had, we had somebody ask us for uh, like a very small pig that could fit into their oven for Christmas. Um, (laughs) Did you find it? No, because we also kind of said no. I do have a cat that might fit in your oven. No small pig. They could take my cat. Totally. (laughs) But you know, the, the farmer makes, um, way more money on a bigger, heavier pig. Right. Sure. So we kind of were like, no, let's, let's give the farmer a chance to grow, you know? Right. Were they understanding? Did you, did you? Yeah, they were chill. I think. Yeah. I think they went elsewhere. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh, okay. What about your, what's your favorite part about being a family business? I mean, we, we shamelessly whore out our child for the business, like branding. <laughs> she is very cute though. I mean, I think one of her first, first photo shoots was Tillit spring jumpsuit. Yeah. I know. That's still <laughs> one of my favorite photo shoots we ever yeah. did. And I mean, this, the one of, I think that probably was her first one. Cause you were, she was, she was teeny. She was like, going, like yeah. six months old. Like yeah. Worm. Serious yeah. worm. Was not walking. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like that. I think what I like about it is I used to be 
comparatively a much bigger asshole and less flexible to customers. Like if somebody's like, ugh, like I have kids, like I just need something to be easy. I'd be like, um, I don't care if you have kids, like you should still like treat yourself and like cook a really long meal. And da, da, and now I'm like, oh my God, what do you want? Like, <laughs> can I grind things for you? Can I deliver it cooked? Like, what can I do to make your life easier? Like it just. Would you guys get into the, uh, the like pre-cooked meals or like ready to cook space or no? I don't think we'll ever do like a fully composed meal, but we'll do like centerpiece things. Like, you know, we started selling like cooked porchetta that you finish in your oven and you like puff the skin or like we did like sous vide lamb shanks last summer because we didn't want to make people like turn their ovens on in August. Um, We did like a Valentine's Day feast too. Right, but we didn't do like veg or anything. Right. Cause we're trying to stay in our lane a little bit with that, but like, like for, um, for Cinco de Mayo, we're probably going to do like smoked beef fat with like a recipe for tortillas and like some chicken chorizo and blah, 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 like that kind of thing. Um, so I think we'll give, we'll give people the, the heart of the dish and the, or the meal and then they can kind of go from there. Cool. You want to do openings and announcements? Yeah, we always like to shout out any openings, reopenings during this time. Um, so we have Butcher Girls Long Island City coming in the fall, definitely pre-Thanksgiving. Any uh, Anybody else you guys want to shout out? I'm really obsessed with Dasha. Oh, yeah. Um, Trina and Jessica Quinn are amazing humans, and they're making some kick-ass food in Prospect Heights. They are they're amazing. Yeah, they moved into the uh, old Mimi's Diner space, and they're uh, really cool, like Eastern European uh, focused. You know, um, like th- there's a lot of baking. There's also a lot of like kind of like dumpling things going on. Uh, but they're amazing. Yeah, and they're our customer too, so that's fun. And they did a pop up at they did a pop up at um with Eric at Ursula, right? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Like they were cooking out of their crib for a while, and then now they're like doing it for reals. What I love is that people are like, you know what? I'm going to figure out what I really want to do and what really makes me happy. And then I'm just going to go get that. And that's awesome. Yeah. And just for our listeners, because we have a large industry audience, are you already taking restaurant accounts? Have you already started, you know, selling Like, are you selling to the restaurant Dasha or to them personally or both? Um, we, we can take people and we've kind of like, we, throughout the pandemic have hooked uh, several restaurants up. Um, and we do love to continue to do that. Um, and also it's like, if you want, like if you used to make a sausage in house and you don't have the bandwidth anymore, like we're happy to just take your recipe and make it for you. Hmm. Kind of a vibe. Like we just want to make people's lives easier. And like, I think the idea of restaurants bringing in whole animals is kind of like a big ask right now. So Mm -hmm. we're happy to help complete that chain where we can, you know? Okay. Cool. It's it's a great, great resource. I think for, for new restaurants or for restaurants that are already open and, and tight on, um, staffing and such like that. I think it's really smart. We're, um, let us know guys where everybody can find you online on social. Uh, well on Instagram, we are at butcher girls co. Um, because we actually lost the end in the process of the, the pandemic. So um, butchergirls.co is where you're going to find us online. Um, and I think the New York one is like New York dot. Like it's like NY dot butchergirls. Yeah. Okay. I think I it all goes. I don't really know how the internet works. 
Stop <laughs> <laughs> saying www in front of any website that she talks about. <laughs> <laughs> all, always learning here at Butcher Girls. Look, you set up a Shopify site. Yeah, Y'all are doing have, like, pretty a good. And e-com yeah, I think you did good. And I do like for our for people listening, like the Shopify, um, the Shopify shout out, like not sponsored on our end either. We have grown our whole business on Shopify. So that is also like a super valuable, super easy to use. It's super amazing. easy to build customizable. Well, we've, I mean, yeah. we've learned a bunch of shit about like the good apps and like what to do and what not to do. And like mm-hmm. people that like, if anyone's having trouble and just wants to be like, what do I do? Like just shoot us an email. Like we don't, we're not like, I worked for this knowledge. I will not share it. Like, we don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we, I don't give a shit. Everyone I, needs to take a run at the tree together, so. <laughs> we like, talking to, talk about another shout out. But, you know, um, do you know who uh, Girl and Doug Farm is on the West Coast? They freaking I do out. not, personally. Um, please look them up because they're so, so incredible. They do, like, all sorts of really cool. They're, they're kind of like us, but with vegetables. Um, and, like, extraordinary heirloom varieties you know um what's the name again it's girl and doug like G, uh d like i've been digging the ground mm-hmm. um but they you know i was having a conversation with them recently too about like shipping food and how how hard it is to use like you know fedex and ups and like how cost prohibitive it can be and so you know a lot of the networking and discussions around like what uh, Shopify app to use to like lower your shipping costs and stuff like that. It's just been like a great resource to have um, to make friends kind of in that space and to kind of all, you know, information share. Right. Because it, yeah, you can't take like years to like figure it out. Like we all just kind of have to figure it out together, you know? Agreed. We're in this together. Um, Thank you guys for being on the show. If you're looking for us as well, uh, we are at we are opening soon and at till at NYC. We really appreciate uh, learning more about Butcher Girls. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. Opening soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.